Hey everyone, and welcome to the OS Training Podcast. My name is Steve Burge, I'm the CEO of OS Training, and in these interviews we talk with some of the most interesting people that I've met in 10 years of working in open source. My guest today, Tessa, is a perfect example of that. She is a ridiculously hardworking single mum from Seattle who worked with us at OS Training for a couple of years and is still responsible for some of the most popular posts on our site. She has taken a lead role in open source projects. She has organized several massive conferences and she now works as a developer evangelist for Cisco. I hope you'll find some really interesting nuggets in her story, growing through the PHP community and growing through open source. Tessa, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Tessa, we have been working together or known each other in some capacity for uh, probably getting on for 10 years now. You were one of the first people ever to work at OS Training and still have some of the most popular blog posts on the on the OS training blog. <laughs> Nowadays, I see you all around JavaScript and PHP conferences. Uh, what are you doing now? I am currently a developer evangelist for Cisco Systems, uh, specifically in our developer community, Cisco DevNet. And I focus on a product called Cisco Spark, which is uh, similar to Slack, if you're familiar with that. It's a collaboration tool for voice over IP, video calling, and chat. Cool. So you, you've been pretty deep in the PHP community. Uh, you organize conferences. You've got at least a couple of conferences coming up in the Seattle area this year. Yes, I uh, organize three conferences a year. And one is DevNet Create. I organize with uh, a, a large group of people uh, at Cisco DevNet. And the second one is Pacific Northwest PHP Conference, which is in Seattle, a PHP conference. And that's going to be, this is my last year organizing in that, and that's coming up in September. And then the third conference is a Seattle API conference, which is launching in 2018 for my first annual event. And I do a lot of meetups and yeah, I'm very, very active, an active community member. And I'm trying to branch out to different open source communities. I've been you know, working in PHP, and now I'm moving into JavaScript for the past year. And who knows what's next? <laughs> yeah, we, we've had some people on the podcast that have held conferences and are real, really social and uh, just really good community people. But you're really up there with the best of them. Will you take me back? You got started in a, almost a completely unexpected angle. You tell the story. How did you get started in the web design business? Sure. I started out going to college, and uh, in the middle of going to school, I uh, decided to apply for a bunch of jobs just for interview practicing, and little did I know, I landed a full-time web developer position. And on day three of my job, I discovered um, I was Googling and found out there's like content management systems to help you build a website. And I had to build some complex web application systems for the company. So, of course, I need to be to get helped trained. So I did some research and found OS training and found out there was a two day full course in person in the next couple of days. So I got an instant approval for management and was able to go there immediately. And because I did the training, I was 
uh, exposed to websites that can help me learn more and ask questions on the OSTraining.com website. And from there, I've met community members in the content management system community, and they've provided me even more resources. And that's really the secret to moving up and fast in your career is by reaching out there and gathering resources and gathering information and, and talking to different people and learning as much as you can. Because if you don't, you kind of get in like a stagnant position in your life. And you don't want that. You want to keep things fresh in your mind and, and keep learning and keep moving forward. So are you entirely self-taught or did you actually go to college and take a computer science degree or something related to that? Yes, I have a degree in web application development. There's two different degrees the college offered is computer science and web application development. So web application development focuses on web programming and computer science focuses on game programming. Oh, so you had a, you had a pretty strong background a fairly formal education environment and then you jumped into skiing and snowboarding which I guess is a kind of perfect business to be in up in the Pacific Northwest. Oh definitely and it was never something I've ever done before. Uh, almost everyone I worked with were professional skiers or snowboarders or professional um, people in the sports industry because they were product engineers and you have to understand the product inside and out. And they kind of like uh, pushed me into learning how to snowboard by giving me tens of thousands of dollars worth of free products and free training. So I'm on like my fifth season of snowboarding. I'm still pretty horrible. I'm not, my body's not really designed to be a sports person, but I enjoy and do it anyways. And I, I suffer a lot <laughs> in an enjoyable way. <laughs> well, you, you've got uh, you got kids. I guess kids are a similar age to mine. Do you take them up there? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They're uh, ages eight and six, and they can go down the bunny hill no problem. And they absolutely love it. They've been going since they were babies, like literally babies. <laughs> so out, out in the snow. So they'll probably end up much better than um, than you will ever be. They they started oh, so yeah. young they can't help it. Yep, when, when they get really good, they'll be teaching me the right way to do it. <laughs> so you were working with a, a ski and snowboard company and you started learning some, some Joomla to build some applications mm -hmm. and uh, you did some uh, some part-time work for us and it was... Yes. It, it was a lot of fun. You were always learning new things and uh, writing about it on the blog and you ended up diving into the PHP, into the Joomla world, in the community sense as well. You were, you had like a board member position with Joomla for a while? Correct. I was a board member for, at the board of directors for the Joomla organization for a year and a half to two, can't quite remember, and was in the production leadership team for um, two years. I lose track of everything. It's just, I've been in the Joomla community for a very long time. And it was something I was very passionate about for a long time. And it will still hold a, a place in my dear heart. But, you know, sometimes it's time to let, you know, people that have more commitment to um, take your place. And, you know, and I'm, I'm moving on. Well, you rolled on from several years in the Joomla community to PHP groups up in the Pacific Northwest. And I guess now API conferences. It's an enormous investment of time and energy you put into these community groups. 
has it paid off in career terms or do you not even really think about it like that? Do you not think of it in terms of a purely practical return if I'm putting in three hours a day? Am I getting back three hours a day in terms of output? How do you think about all that time you put into community organization? It never crosses my mind of me trying to benefit in any way. I do it uh, for the pure sake of the love to educate others and the love to, you know, go out and help others be successful. And it feels like it's a karma thing. Like the more I'm out there trying to help people, you know, people do the same thing for me when, when I'm in need. Uh, when I was out looking for a job, uh, everyone like dropped what they're doing to look for resources and sending it my way and, and talking to people that they know. So it's kind of a, you know, it, it's the effect you create, you know, what you're doing for others. People see how you lead by example and they want to do nice things for you too. Yeah, I remember seeing when you were looking for work, you put out a tweet and you must have had, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80 retweets and the whole... Uh, I think it was about 150 people sharing. It it, it like blew up crazy. <laughs> so it's not uh, it's not a one-to-one. Not You sit there and say, okay, if I'd have put this three hours of community work into something else, maybe I would have made X number of dollars. It's something you're naturally good at and without even thinking right. thinking about it, it kind of pays itself back over time. Oh, it, it really does if you don't have any expectations. I just absolutely love volunteering and contributing my time, and I still spend a lot of hours building communities and making it so developers can get together and share their knowledge and ideas and, you know, make the world a, a better place in the future of technology. So you do regular user group, a PHP user group up in the Seattle area, and conferences as well. Is one of those significantly harder than the others? Um, how much time and effort are you putting into holding these big conferences this year, for example? Um, throwing a conference is absolutely tough work. It takes me a year per conference, a year of work. And it's a little bit of time every day. I mean, I'll go in and spend 10 minutes, you know, talking to different companies. And today I spent about a half hour filling out contracts for the hotel for our speakers and, and hotel room block for the conference. So you have to really lay out all of your steps that you need to take in a, a year prior to the event and start doing it one by one. And that's what I did. I opened up Trello, a project management tool, and I threw everything down and broke it down into categories. And I threw together a, a volunteer team and started tasking everyone. And I'm not a one-man show. I build teams and I can manage teams pretty efficiently. How big has the PHP conference got? I know it's been going for several years now. It's been an average of 200 a year and we're hoping to increase it to 300, possibly 400. Our venue holds up to 440 people, so we're gonna try to fill that. And I'm gonna work harder on reaching out to more schools. Uh, last year, we, we get an average of about 20 to 30 students, and I'm gonna try to double that as well, along oh, with the so diversity. You're giving away a large number of free tickets to local colleges, uh, high schools as well? I haven't reached out to high schools, but it's a great idea and something I, I should be doing. Uh, but I'm a huge advocate of students. I know that students are, you know, trying to find their way to becoming successful. And 
a conference is a good stepping stone and any kind of open source organization or, or open source communities can really show you the way. You know, people are there because they want to learn and share their knowledge. They're not out there like certain communities like real estate. You know, a lot of people are, you know, working towards their own goals. They're not out there sharing free knowledge and mentoring people for free. I haven't seen any of that. Well, you actually went back to school, to community colleges, and I, this was three, four years ago, maybe. You put a quite a large amount of effort into trying to get open source programs up and running in local community colleges, if I remember right. Yes, I did. I strongly advocated how important it is to have uh, content management systems be taught at colleges. And I had to present that at the college I was teaching at, and I was able to get it approved. And I built the whole curriculum for the Joomla course. I was the best book that I was able to find that was clearly brought out in steps was actually written by you. So thank you for making the Joomla 3 book. It made it possible for me to build this whole class around the book. Oh, well, it, um, I guess I did some community college teaching too. So. A lot of the approach we took was kind of aimed at sort of the high school level, people with some level of technical ability, but not that much. Was it hard to get these kind of courses accepted? Uh, I know we've, yes. <laughs> we, we've talked with a lot of teachers who have tried to use our books in classrooms around the country, and they really very varying success depending on how flexible the colleges are. It's very, very difficult and to add anything new to the curriculum. Uh, I've had to sneak a lot of things in that I won't share on here because I'm aiming to improve the education for students. And this one was a, a whole course itself. And you're kind of hoping that no one knocks on the door and sees what you're teaching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because uh, I feel it's important and I'll do, I will put my career on the line to make sure I provide a better uh, learning experience for others. But when it's a whole course itself, it does require a long approval process. And I was lucky that my mentor, who was also my teacher, who was also on my side on everything, helped get it approved. And she fought on my side and helped speak to the board of directors of the college for me and uh, made things happen. So you worked in a training company with us. You worked in uh, community colleges. You're doing conferences now, which are trying to bring in students. And is this wrapped up in the role that you have at Cisco now? You have a kind of a role as an advocate. Does that involve going out to universities or going out to colleges, or is it entirely professionally focused? It's kind of a mix. Uh, there's a, a lot of the things that I do is, you know, completely voluntarily. And there's some that's kind of tied to work, but I feel like it's not really part of work because of how much I enjoy doing it. So I still kind of separate it from work. For example, you know, if I do an API conference, I'm an a API meetup. Uh, I had about, I think, 75 people show up, uh, 130 RSVPs on my very, very first meetup. And Wait, I still, that, you know, talked about Cisco. That's extraordinary. <laughs> I, it's... Oh my God, <laughs> it was shocking. Very first meetup, it was a size of a, a small conference, which is why I'm throwing together an actual conference and I'm gonna aim for a thousand people. If you know my first meetup has a hundred people, why not go for a conference? Is that partly because you're in Seattle, you're in downtown Seattle, it's a, 
it's a tech center. Or is there something unusual about Seattle? How did you manage to get such an enormous turnout? I think there's a lot of people who loves working with APIs and it's a more general and broad topic. And then a lot of people like beer in Seattle. And then my meetup is called APIs and IPAs, which is what brought the attention. So it's a kind of, it's held in a restaurant and there's beers and, and a session at the same time? Actually, Amazon sponsored the venue. So we have a whole venue area and I bring in kegs of um, beer <laughs> and let people help themselves. So we have, so Cisco, you know, Cisco's part of this because they sponsor the food and the drinks and then um, Amazon's part of it. And, you know, I talk about, I do a short demo and talk about Cisco um, Spark there. And then the rest is, you know, all voluntarily. It's not really part of my work hours, you know, because the meetups are in the evening. So it's just like I'm always just doing what I do, normal. I don't, you know, it's so hard to explain. It's it's just me being me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, you'd be doing it even if, if you were making a living from it too, most likely. And you were doing it before you were making a living from it. Exactly. I, I just spent so many years doing it for free that, you know, it just, it's what I enjoy doing. And I think that's why, one of the many reasons why I was hired, because of, you know, the, my love for it. Tessa, me and you have kids about the same age, and we're both trying to juggle um, careers and organizing things and keeping our careers moving, plus also having the kids around and um, handling a, a growing family. Uh, how do you make it work? Do you bring your kids along to the events and the conferences you're organizing, or uh, are they interested in, yeah, in what you're I doing? Actually, and... I actually bring them to several of the local events and meetups with me. They're uh, very well-behaved and uh, enjoy you know, sitting in the back. Sometimes they'll you know, want to ask questions about what, what's being taught. It's really amazing, and, and they love meeting new people just as much as I do. So does Cisco allow you to do remote work, or are you heading into the office every day? I work at home every day, and I absolutely love it and can't imagine anything else. <laughs> I'm spoiled now. Do you ever manage to have the kids running around in the house while you're working? Just in the summertime, and it's easily manageable. I, uh, I actually, literally, just yesterday, built a summer curriculum for my kids to go through to learn programming. And it's all fun kids YouTube videos with like a mission at, at the end of each one on what they need to be able to prove for competency. And then different free coding courses for building video games at the very end. So it's kind of like a whole structure of what, what you're doing in a six week period. And I, I left some weeks out, you know, so we, you can do a summer camping trip or stuff like that. And it's free, 100% free. And I've been, I posted on Facebook today and I've had a ton of responses of, of other parents wanting a free summer course. And it's not something I know, I didn't build it. I just put already existing information together in a list and broke it down into categories and weeks. So is that what really interests your kids at the moment? Is the game programming that they yeah. can go through, learn the skills and come up with a really fun end result? Oh yeah, they absolutely love computers and can be on a computer all day, which is not so great, but could be great in their future, just not their current time. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a recipe for a great career, but 
if handled wrongly, it's the recipe for a lazy kid sitting around playing too much iPad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what kind of a curriculum um, do you have planned for them? I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes, but sure, can you describe sure. it? What kind of languages are they going to learn? What kind of skills are they going to pick up? So week one is basics of computer programming and like some videos to get you motivated about how computers work. And then uh, week two is, you know, HTML. Week three is CSS. Week four is JavaScript. And it's a five-part series on the JavaScript area taught by a 12-year-old boy on his YouTube channel, which is great. So all of this is very, like... either taught by children. The first part is also keynote speakers by like nine-year-old kids, 12-year-old kids about how computer learning computer programming changed their life. So it's very inspiring content and geared towards um, children being interested in it. And the last uh, two weeks worth of content is using free gaming content websites like CodeMonkey and Code.org. Uh, which uh, provides really fun materials for free. So it sounds like an exciting summer for the kids. What do you have planned? Do you, um, what does your career with Cisco take you next? You have some events going on outside, but are people going to see you at conferences? Do you have any big projects coming up at work? Uh, yeah, I just uh, launched a, a project for Network Academy students. Um, I helped... Uh, put together a curriculum, kind of like manage and put together the ideas and and figured out like what was needed to build it that geared towards people that are brand new to programming but have like a network engineering um, background experience. And this whole curriculum is um, we provide free to network engineering instructors. So I've been having like meetings for the past year with networking instructors to pilot and test launch this into their curriculum and see how it works with their students. So that was one of the major things and and launching our uh, Cisco developer conference. I'm in a team of like, I think around 15 people. We put together a huge, huge event and uh, fully funded by Cisco. So uh, for our year one, so that was it was a huge success, and that was in April, devnetcreates.io. Wait, wait, so you're going to hold three major conferences this year? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> you have way more energy than me. Yeah, I'm a, a non-stop person. Like, I can work on things literally until, like, 2 a.m. and just, like, not stop. Like, I work through dinner. I can work through lunch. I, I, don't, I don't really take breaks until I plan a vacation. Like, even if I go on vacation, I'm still working on stuff. If I go camping, I bring my laptop and I'm still working on things. I'm joining meetings. I'm, you know, doing contributing work. I just, I don't really know how to take a break. I don't know. I don't need to. Not yet. Not for a while. (laughs) Give me a couple more decades. I mean, what's that? It was absolutely wonderful to talk to you again. I hear my kids yelling out the back door. I hear yours there too. Um... I'll put a link to your teaching curriculum for the kids in the show notes and also to the upcoming coming conferences you have in Seattle. Is there anything else that people should know about you, Tessa? Anything else you want us to link yeah, up to? Yeah, I would love for people to follow me on Twitter. I try to um, help everyone, inspire people, post jobs or help people look for jobs. 
I'm doing like everything and everything. My DMs are open. Anyone at any time can ask me questions. I've had the most random and sporadic questions of people needing help with their career or trying to create a career. I do it for free and I, you know, try to help, you know, a couple people at a time, as much time as I have available. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much again, Tessa. Yeah, you're very welcome and thank you for your time.